You're listening to the Abiding Word Podcast, and I'm Pastor Sam Johnson from Abiding Word Lutheran Church in Bowling Green, Ohio. We're a confessional Lutheran church, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Join us every week and learn about the mysteries of God as revealed to us in His Holy Word, the Bible. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Our sermon text is written in Joel chapter 3, beginning with the twelfth verse. Let the nations be roused, let them advance into the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will be seated to judge all the nations. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, trample the grapes, for the winepress is full and the vats overflow because the nation's wickedness is so great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon will be darkened, and the stars will stop shining. The Lord will roar from Zion and shout from Jerusalem. The sky and the earth will tremble, but the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. And we pray. These are your words, Holy Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Jehoshaphat is quite the name. It means God judges. And really, that's what these verses in the book of Joel are all about. God is righteous. He upholds truth and purity And there is a coming day when he will judge the world. In our text, the place in which he is pictured doing this is in the valley of Jehoshaphat. This location is a necropolis, which is a huge cemetery. It runs along the eastern wall of the city of Jerusalem. It is here, in the dismal valley of death, that Jesus will come to judge all people. On the day of the Lord, The dead will burst forth from their tombs, and all will see Jesus, the divine King and Judge. This coming judgment will be terrifying for the wicked, but it is salvation for the people of Israel. We are waiting for this final day of judgment. The signs of the end are here. There have been wars and rumors of wars. Famines and earthquakes occur. False prophets deceive Christians are persecuted. All these are signs. Jesus could return any day. It seems that even unbelievers have the sense of a day approaching. Apocalyptic movies and literature abound. There's an appeal to thinking about the world ending in a dramatic way. But notice that when unbelievers think about the end, there's no comfort. It's all doom and destruction, and perhaps even we fall for this thinking at times. Have you ever used the expression, it's not the end of the world? Notice this implies that nothing could be worse than that final and fateful day. In a sense, this is true. The day of the Lord should strike terror into people's hearts. On the terrible day of the Lord, Everyone will be roused from their tombs for judgment. Joel writes under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, 
let them advance into the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will be seated to judge all the nations. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, trample the grapes, for the winepress is full and the vats overflow, because the nation's wickedness is so great. God pictures this event as a day of harvest. Once the crops are ripe, then they are collected with a sickle. A sickle is a sharp, curved blade that farmers swing to cut down their crops. This depiction sends a chill down the spine when one realizes the meaning. The world is the harvest field. We are the plants. When the time is ripe, the sickle will come. Death and fire for the chaff follows quickly. Another picture that God uses to describe this day of judgment is ripe grapes. After grapes were harvested, they were trampled underfoot to get the juices out. God explains that the time has come. The wine press is full and the vats overflow because the nation's wickedness is so great. The time will come for the wicked to be squished underfoot, just like grapes. Both the sickle that cuts down plants, as well as the squishing of the grapes, is the result of an overabundance of wickedness. It will be the end. And it is all the result of wickedness. The judgment will be swift and complete. People like to talk a lot about how God is love. And it's true, he is. And yet, God is also just. He is true. And he doesn't turn a blind eye to sin. There will be a day in which he judges the wicked, and they will receive the just punishment they deserve. They will be gathered together in the valley of decision to receive a horrible fate. They will hear the words, Depart from me, for I never knew you. They will be sent hurling into the abyss of hell. And so, when the sun and moon are darkened and the stars stop shining, it will be no wonder that the wicked will tremble at the sound of the Lord's voice. Joel writes, The Lord will roar from Zion and shout from Jerusalem, The sky and the earth will tremble. So what does this mean for you and me? We also have hearts corrupted by sin. We also have a deep darkness in our soul. You don't obey God's word as you should. Maybe it's a lustful look, or a violent temper, or disrespect of your parents or elders. Perhaps you like your car, house, toys, or some other possession more than God. That's wickedness. You are wicked. I am wicked. So, what we deserve on that terrifying day of judgment is a verdict of guilty. We deserve eternal suffering. The harvest is ripe, the sickle will come. So far in this sermon, there has been no comfort. But we, as Christians, understand that there is hope, there is salvation. Not because of what we have done. Our sinful nature is too wicked for that. It cannot do anything good. But instead, because of Jesus. You see, Jesus lived a perfect life in your place, even while knowing that a horrible judgment awaited him. 
every time that he remained sexually pure, loved everyone around him, respected his parents and elders, obeyed God's word, and worshipped and served him only. He knew that his judgment was coming. His fate was so certain and unsettling that Jesus said, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, this is the reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. He was so terrified that after he crossed the valley of Jehoshaphat, he experienced the greatest mental and spiritual agony in the Garden of Gethsemane. He did this all for you. This is because the holy, perfect, just God is also loving. Jesus lived that perfect life for you so that he could receive your judgment upon the cross. In First Peter, it is written that he himself carried our sins in his body on the tree so that we would be dead to sins and alive to righteousness. By his wounds you were healed. Jesus experienced the sickle for you. He suffered hell for you. He did this all on a day that there was darkness, and the earth shook, and saints came forth from their graves. Scripture is clear that Jesus experienced the terror of the day of the Lord. And while he died for your sins, he didn't stay dead. He rose from the tomb. He is victorious. He took your deserved judgment, and yet he still lives. And through him, God the Father declares the whole world forgiven. By faith in him, you receive the verdict of innocent. This is why Joel gives hope at the end of these verses. He writes, But the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. The day of judgment will be different for you than the unbelievers. The people of Israel represent God's church. All of God's people believe in Jesus, who is your refuge. He is your stronghold. He took your place on the cross so that you have salvation. You are delivered from judgment in him. And so, when you are judged on the last day, God the Father sees you in Jesus. You have already received the verdict of not guilty. You have no need to fear. Jesus will come to you and say, Come with me, for the heavenly banquet is prepared. Depart this valley of sorrow and death, and join me forever and ever, where there will be no more wickedness and no more death. We look forward to a day that isn't full of trouble and despair, but instead of salvation, victory, and happiness. For believers in Christ, God's judgment isn't bad. It's good. There are two words in our text that are special and bring great comfort. The first is the word refuge. This indicates that the Lord is a shelter for us when we face judgment. He protects us in Jesus. The other word is stronghold. This word has the connotation of a strong fort. The Lord is a strong place. He keeps us safe, even at the moment of death, and even at the end of the world. 
faith in Jesus protects you from the most terrifying experiences that we have to face in this world. The Lord is your strength. The Lord is your fortress. Trust him. God says, Call on me in the day of distress. I will deliver you, and you will honor me. While we wait for the upcoming day of judgment, we are reminded that this world is so temporary. Everything that we own will be gone. We don't get to bring anything out of this life to heaven other than our bodies. And so, thinking about the great day of the Lord serves as a warning. It's true that God is loving, and he is also just. The sickle will come. The unbelievers who appear to be part of the church but have no faith will be cast out. Therefore, we prepare for this day in acknowledging our sins. The last judgment leaves no place for pride. Repent, the day is near. Rend your hearts, for you have sinned. You have fallen short of the glory of God. And then, in true repentance, turn to Jesus. He is your refuge and stronghold. He experienced your deserved judgment, so that you are declared forgiven. It's only in him that you are part of the people of Israel. Continuing in repentance and faith in Jesus, your Savior, you are prepared for the coming day, no matter what. Your sins are forgiven in Christ. The just God has a love for you greater than anything else, and you will someday be in the heavenly Jerusalem with Jesus. Jehoshaphat means God judges, and one day God will judge the world. Our text for this morning is very dramatic, with a setting in the necropolis, the valley of Jehoshaphat. And yet, it is also very fitting. The dead will come back to life, the sun and moon will be darkened, and the stars will stop shining. The voice of the Lord will make unbelievers quake. And yet, while this day is not a good one for those who have rejected Jesus, it is a good day for believers. Those who are the people of Israel are part of God's church. They have faith in Jesus, who is their refuge and stronghold. There is no reason to fear. And so, while we wait, we look forward to this coming day in repentance and clinging to our Savior. He loves you so much that he was judged for you. The Lord will roar from Zion and shout from Jerusalem. The sky and the earth will tremble, but the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. Amen.